from AATH, the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. This is LaughBox, the podcast for laughter and humor professionals. Here's your host, Chip Lutz. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to LaughBox. I get to talk with a pretty cool person today, Megan Warner. She's, uh, she's, we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about training your brain, which is pretty exciting because mostly, you know, I like words that rhyme like train your brain, insane in the membrane, which I normally am. But uh, we're going to talk to her a little bit and find out what we can do to get that brain in check. So welcome, Megan, to Laugh. Hello. Thank you. So we got to meet a few years ago in Philadelphia, and we've been in a group for uh, the Humor Academy last uh, year, and it's been a lot of fun. But, you know, if you our listeners, you just tell us a little bit about uh, who Megan Werner really is. Ooh, I'm still trying to figure that out myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lifelong journey tip. <laughs> um, now, I'm a, yeah, I got involved with the ATH, and I have loved it ever since. It has really been, um, as Mary Kay would say, my people. Um, but I'm a psychotherapist in Arkansas, Northwest Arkansas area, and I have my own practice now called Brain Training. And I really talk about, you know, just – a lot of people are very accustomed to going to the gym and working out their bodies, and that's not so much of a big deal if your doctor tells you, hey, you do some more cardio or something, you know, work out your heart. But um, when people their phone or, you know, if there's a death in the family or something like that, uh, everybody's, like, scared of the therapist all of a sudden. <laughs> so I've learned a lot over the years how to use humor and laughter in my practice. Awesome. Now, you don't sound like you're from Arkansas. <laughs> I am. I am. I, uh, actually, a lot of my family's from Louisiana. I was born in Louisiana and then moved to Arkansas when I was probably about two or three. So I was mainly raised there. So, okay. Well, because I would never guess you're from the South because you just don't have a twang to your voice. Not that I'm just, <laughs> I am not stereotyping at all. Wait, no, just, no. Wait until, wait until the women in my family get together. <laughs> That's a party and we all sound extremely southern at that time <laughs> that is awesome now my first <laughs> riveting question for you all right is what's your favorite superhero oh man superhero, superhero. <laughs> you're like i don't have any that's I know. <laughs> nothing to do with what i was expecting chip dang it <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't, well, we're going to call the Little Mermaid a superhero. <laughs> I think my mom would be laughing right about now. Uh, apparently, I used to watch Little Mermaid every day when I was little, but um, I, you know, I'm not a big comics fan. I don't, I don't really have a superhero, but we'll, we'll I go with Ariel. Water. Ariel's yeah, fine. I love we the water. Go, <laughs> we can go with that. That's cool. I remember my niece, you know, when that first came out, she loved, you know, she loved Little Mermaid and she'd come out and mm -hmm. she would like do the whole, you know, song like, oh, 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 <laughs> and just, you know, would sing it, you know, and she'd be so into it. It was just like, I mean, she was the Little Mermaid in that moment. It was amazing. Absolutely. It was an amazing thing. Um, so <laughs> how did you get, you know, interested in, yeah, the, I mean, where did it all start? You're like, you're, growing up and you're like, you know, I just want to really understand other people. How'd you become a psychotherapist? <laughs> Heck no. Uh, <laughs> it definitely was a journey. It was not something I wanted to be at all when I was a kid. Um, I love some kids like this, you're sitting around the lunch table. Once I want to be a fireman, I want to be a policeman. Yeah. 
And you're like, I want to be a psychotherapist. (laughs) (laughs) I think Chip, actually, deep down, my subconscious was probably saying that, but it wasn't loud enough for me to hear. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) No, I loved art growing up. I was always drawing and painting and, and taking art classes and stuff like that, but um, so actually, my original journey started in architecture. Uh, my aunt was, is an architect, I was going to say was, is an architect, um, fabulous one, based out of the Pacific Northwest. And she really inspired me, and I applied to a couple of different places. My mom kind of begged me to go in-state because at the time, I'm not sure how they rank now, but the uh, Faye Jones School of Architecture at the University of Arkansas was ranked in the top ten in the nation. So she was like, hey, it's in-state tuition. Why don't you just go here? Great program. So I applied. I got in somehow. Um, <laughs> so I started off in architecture. And after working in a firm after my first year, I realized it's not what I wanted to do. It just I loved it, and I still love it. But I, everything was going to AutoCAD and computers, and I'm a hands-on, talk-to-people kind of person. So I started my sophomore year, and a couple of weeks in, I really said, no, I'm done. So I dropped my architecture classes, uh, stayed in a couple of others, and then I just started exploring. I started taking uh, classes in different departments, and I loved my psychology classes. And there was actually a professor who kind of became a mentor, um, Dr. Z. She's she's a big lover of positive psychology, and when she introduced me to positive psych, it was like a whole new world. It was like, yes, why are people not studying happiness and resilience and love and hope and belonging and all of these things that that make us who we are as humans. So it just kind of went from there. And I finished my degree in psychology and anthropology. And then I worked in the community for a couple of years and, uh, as crisis management and case manager and psych tech and met a couple of therapists along the way. And so I was like, well, I'll go back to school. I'll go to grad school for <clears throat> clinical mental health. So that's what I did. Awesome. Yeah, because I was like, when you're talking, I was trying to see the correlation between <laughs> architecture and, you know, mental health. And all I could think of was watching Seinfelds <laughs> and, you know, George Costanza, his alter ego was Art Mandalay, yeah. you know, and he was always an architect. He was always, you know, was like, all right, well, I can see the correlation there. Little George Costanza, <laughs> good to go. You yeah. Know, you know, when you were first started talking, it, in in your interests and what you do, you were talking about you know helping remove some of the, the stigma, or people don't really like the idea of going to psychotherapy. You know, it, why do you? Why is that? Um, so many reasons, really. I think a lot of people don't understand it. A lot of so people who come to me for the first time say, you know, I don't get how this talk crap is going to help, you know, and, and then usually after a couple of sessions, they're like, oh, can I come back again? When's our next appointment? When's mm-hmm. <laughs> and they start to kind of see the relief and feel the relief, but, um, so I think it's, a lot of it is just ignorance. A lot of people don't know, mm-hmm. um, and then, I don't know, I think a lot of it too, people think it's feminine or cheesy or, uh, they don't understand how the brain works, and mm-hmm. The brain is your most important organ in your body. It controls everything. So that's where I like to start, too, especially with skeptics, is explaining a little bit more about the hard science and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and how it functions and, and how your whole body is, uh, is affected when something like a trauma happens. 
Interesting. Yeah, you know, I've gone to a little bit of therapy in my life. It was it was fun. Helped me through some trying <laughs> times. And you know, before that, I'd never really thought of it. It just it was one of those things where it's like I had no place else to go, and I needed to, you know, I needed some solutions. I need some help on things, <laughs> and it was just like, all right, well, this was this was good. I'm better now. I'm not going to go on a um, on a drinking bender. <laughs> to, today. today yeah today, today. maybe tomorrow today. You, know, you, know, you can endure anything for 24 hours i mean that's the way I'm oh so it's interesting to me when you were talking about positive psychologies i remember watching a, a ted talk with um uh martin uh dr seligman right and he was talking oh, about gosh. psycho psychotherapy <clears throat> that for years i mean all they you know uh, worked on was trying to figure out what was wrong with people yes. and what i liked about in that ted talk was on how you know the the shift in positive psychology i mean that it that's not what you're trying to do that it, I, I you know i really like that and i like the fact that you know that resonated with you as well mm -hmm. um so let's talk about training your brain. I, uh, cause I, I, I like that. Cause I, sometimes I think that my, I just wish I had two brains cause sometimes I think, you know, I'm really not really smart enough to understand this. I wish I had another brain that was bigger that would help me get this whole picture. <laughs> so I'm always interested in how to, you know, you work that organ, make it a little bit better. So, you know, what, when you talk about training your brain, I mean, what, what are we really hitting on? Uh, Gosh, lots of things. And it depends on what you're coming in for, really. You know, I mean, <clears throat> I like to say I work with anything from depression to possession. So if you're coming in for, you know, just you're in a slump, you can't seem to get motivated. I mean, that might look a little bit different than somebody who's had some serious trauma, um, especially with what's going on in our nation. There's been a lot of women and men who I have found, you know, just in a local community who are starting to come forward and, and kind of recognize that they did go through some kind of sexual trauma or something, you know, years ago. And so I've had several new clients for that reason. So, I mean, the, the path I would take, you know, with them looks different than somebody who's not experienced something so devastating. So, um, gosh, there's a, that, that could be like a two hour conversation. <laughs> how how to treat that um, and how to train your brain it's recognizing thoughts behaviors um, essentially I guess if you put it in a nutshell you are bringing awareness to your subconscious because when things happen to you sometimes they're very deep in your subconscious and um, you know there's some research that suggests that at an even point you know there's about 95% of your your mind your brain is your subconscious and only 5% is your conscience shut up yeah, yeah. So a lot of yeah, I'm serious. So a lot of people think it's the other way around. They're like, oh yeah, I, I got it all under control. Guarantee you don't, <laughs> because I know I don't have it all under control. Sometimes, sometimes it you know it slips up on me, and I'm like, oh wait a minute, oh god, I need to go back to my therapist for a second, um, or practice some things you know that have, that have fallen out. But so a lot of that is teasing it out of your subconscious, recognizing, bring awareness, exploring areas, behaviors, thoughts, emotions, um, triggers, you know, and then once you can explore those, you understand them. Once you can understand them, then you can take action and change. Interesting. I see, I would, I would have been on the opposite side. Like you said, I would have been thinking that only 5% is my subconscious <laughs> because like, you know, I feel like I'm pretty self-aware. I know what's going sure. on. My, you know, but like you said, I do have some, I do have some hair triggers. Like there are a lot of times we'll do a little therapy on me right now. Okay. So there are a lot of times when I, you know, 
I'm not a joiner, which is amazing. I was in the Navy for 22 years because I, I, I hate taking orders and I'm not a joiner. And, you know, I, I sit back and I think about that a lot as far as like, you know, why don't I join? You know, why don't I, you know, be like I'm in a big group, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't really like being in there. And I really sit back and think about that. And, you know, as far as, you know, why don't I do this? Is it because, of, you know, like back in high school, what is it? I mean, it, it just, anyway, I just, my, I'm going on a tangent and that's no place here. Anyway, so, yeah, what are some, you know, like some, like, tools you give people to help them train their brain like you know it's it's got to be more just than just you know thinking positive I mean what are some you know like the things that uh, you can do to help you know bring that um, that positive part out in you know, the positive psychology that hope sure. and so forth sure so it's a um, it, it's a pretty well layered process I mean kind of going back to what you were saying about Martin Seligman uh, one of the things that stuck with me about something he said in the past to explain positive psychology, it's not all about fluffy bunnies. So he said, you know, traditional psychotherapy would kind of repair the deficit. So if your baseline is zero, you know, you go in because you're experiencing some kind of depression, negative five. Um, so a lot of psychotherapy would say, I'm going to take you from negative five back to zero. Positive psychology takes you from negative five to positive five. Mm -hmm. So you're repairing, you know, the, the deficit or whatever happens but you're also improving the client so that it actually they don't have to go back to psychotherapy as much they can learn how to be a little bit more resilient more hopeful uh, and deal with things on their own so I always laugh and say hey if I ran out of you know clients one day that would be awesome if I taught everybody how always, to you can always go back to architecture yeah there you go <laughs> do that as my encore career um, so I don't know kind of getting into the humor and laughter stuff uh, I've learned how to take a lot of improv things that I've learned and also just being creative and combine that with some traditional psychotherapy techniques. Mm -hmm. um, so I love improv, especially in sessions, because it kind of helps with that teasing out uh, the subconscious, what I was talking about earlier. Um, <laughs> there's one of my favorites um, I call the Luther process. Uh, are you familiar with Key and Peele? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You and for our listeners, Key and Peele is a show on Comedy Central and on YouTube. Yes. Google it. It'll come up. You'll spend hours laughing. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I love those, too. So, Key and Peele, my favorite skit, and I watch these over and over, and I just I crack up, um, is the Obama translator, Luther. Uh, so, that kind came out years ago when everybody was criticizing Obama that he doesn't get angry and he's not passionate and he's not, you know, dealing with things as he should. Mm -hmm. So, they started making these uh, skits with Luther, who would just fly off the handle and, you know, cussing left and right, and saying what everybody thought Obama should be saying. Mm -hmm. So, and then some. So, I like to do that in session when the time is right. You know, I'm not just going to um, throw something out there for a client, too. But not, the not the first <laughs> session. It's like, hey, we're going to do something new. <laughs> good judgment is paramount <laughs> good judgment um, no but it's it's one of my favorites because it so essentially you know you have the client kind of give you a couple of statements things that are really stressing them out but leave it bland and I would say those comments and they so it's kind of like a role play mm -hmm. and the other the client would play the loser mm-hmm and I'm like, okay, we're in these four walls. It's confidential. <laughs> you know, like, say whatever you need to say about this topic. And mm -hmm. don't hold back. Don't 
pay attention to that little filter in your head, your Jimmy Cricket, whatever it is. You know, it's saying, oh, we can't do this, we can't do this, we can't do this. No. So throw that out the window and be Luther. And a lot of times I would show a clip first of that skit. If they weren't familiar with Luther and the Obama translator and that kind of thing, uh -huh. this is how I want you to be. And a lot of times when clients really engage in that process and say, well, you know what? Yeah, screw this. And I'm so angry that this happened and blah, blah, blah. And why is this person? Da, 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 da. At the end of it, they're like, oh, my God, I feel so much better. <laughs> and then you can kind of pick out some of the things, so I'll shed light on some things that they've never said before, never thought, hey, do you really feel this way? You know what? I think I do. And so that's all part of the exploration process and understanding and teasing things out. How cool is that? I mean, using an improv exercise to, you know, uh, you know, get things out. Because sometimes we, like for me, I'll hold things in way too long, way too oh, long. Yeah. And then when Thank I go you. to talk about them, you know, with whoever, you know, or you know, the person is, you know, in my head, I'm saying, all right, Chip, when you go to say this, don't be an ass, don't be an ass. Don't be an ass. <laughs> but then when I open my mouth up, I'm like a huge ass because I, I held on to it way too long. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, going through an exercise like that certainly would be a little more helpful just to, you know, let go of some of that stress ahead of time, some of that pent up anger. Um, and the, the voices in your head, you know, where sometimes they're worse, <laughs> they're worse than anything, aren't they? It's they like, are. especially when they're dealing with somebody that's, you know, in your life, oh, they did this because of this. And I know it's because yeah. of this and it's this and this and this and this and this. And it's like, you just keep, you know, going over it and over it in your head. And you're just like, oh man, I just want to, I just want to kick a cat. <laughs> and sometimes people say that, you know, especially in the moment. And and, and usually by the time we're doing a, a Luther exercise or something, most of my clients know by now that I certainly don't judge at all. So if they need to say stuff like that, I just want to wring the cat's neck or my husband or my wife or my, you know, whatever it is, um, usually we're kind of laughing about it. And, Ooh, that out. <laughs> That's awesome. What a great application of that. I was imagine that, you know, just them being able to get it out and maybe laughing about it is one of those things that helps uh, give you a little more control over whatever the situation is. Certainly, certainly. And you know the you know the benefits of human laughter. No, yeah. I don't know any. That's why I'm talking to you. <laughs> That's why I am talking to you. Absolutely. Well, and then well, for those people who, especially when it comes to therapy, um, you know, just the ability to laugh, especially in a session. I mean, it really does improve your your cognitive flexibility. So it helps you to go deeper as well, you know, for, for people who are really kind of cleaned up and they finally make it to therapy and then they're like, oh, I want to talk about this issue, but I kind of don't. And most of them, you know, they still have walls up. Um, when you can start to laugh and ease up and relax, it really does help explore the areas of the subconscious a little bit better. Awesome. So that's the things that you do in sessions, but what are some of the mm -hmm. things like you, you have people practice when they're awake? So when I think about, oh, I won't say when I think about psychotherapy or going to therapy, I think about um, the movie, What About Bob? But it always comes to mind because it's one of my favorite you know, baby steps, Bob, baby steps, and he goes all the way to his therapist's house with his little jar. He's like, look, I'm taking baby steps. I mean, he gave up some tools to use afterwards, but certainly he wasn't expecting, Richard Dreyfus wasn't expecting Bill Murray to show up at his front door. Mm -hmm. um, so <laughs> that, hey, hey, you, you, some tools that people can practice to, you know, help them, you know, yeah, in, in that realm that you say, like, hey, these are some things you should do. 
Yeah. So for, well, when it comes to like the positive psychology thing, sometimes we'll get into gratitude journals, letters, writing. Um, and then sometimes I'll throw a humor twist on it. Um, sometimes I'll have people write, they're really clammed up and have no connection with their own emotions. Um, or it, they're just kind of all over the place, you know, but a lot of times by the time people make it to therapy, they're so anxious and, and emotional that it's, it's almost like a loose cannon all the time. You know, mm -hmm. it's just like flooding out like a volcano that doesn't stop. So sometimes I'll have them go home <laughs> and write out a, a comedy stand-up of their lives. And we talk about how... <laughs> Take you know, my wife, please. <laughs> <laughs> we, talk, we talk a lot about how, you know, you look at it, the material that comedians use. And nine times out of ten, it's very personal and very vulnerable and real events that they've experienced and they're using it in such a way that it, uh, you know, for whatever their purpose is, there's a lot of different reasons to do it. But, um, you know, they add humor and laughter to it, it makes it easier to accept and yada yada. Mm -hmm. But um, <clears throat> sometimes I like to throw in those elements, you know, here's your homework assignment, go home, write about your life, but as a stand-up routine mm -hmm. and just see what happens because also I don't want them to do anything too deep without me there because I don't want them to kind of be triggered and go into a panic attack or a, you know some kind of trauma um, too much exposure while I'm not there to help guide them through it so we do a lot in session so that if something does come up that's too much I can kind of help them out of it but uh, so the, the comedy stand-up stuff some of the things that we do at home I also like doing Alan Klein's joke jitsu are you familiar with that? I am not. I have, um, I can't remember which book it is, but I have a couple of Alan Klein's books. And in one of them, he talks about joke jitsu. And it, um, oh, I wish I had some examples in front of me because they're hilarious, the ones that my clients come up with. But it's saying, um, oh gosh, I'm totally going to have to find it on the shelf. I've got a lot of books in here. Um, like some, uh, what's the, oh shoot. You recognize um, something that's terrible in your life, but it then you kind of one up it with something that's funny. Like, I'm totally Are you, you're not familiar with anything that I'm saying? We're <laughs> you're not familiar with anything I'm saying, Chip. You're a terrible host. I need some more coffee. Oh. <laughs> Well, but I'll come I back think, to that. I would, but I would, no, but I would think that it, that's almost like an improv thing of yes ending. You know that this is true. Uh -huh. well, you know, if this is true, what else can be true? You know that you know it is one of the things where you're like building onto it. So it's maybe so. Um, and I'm just guessing what it would be. You know that would be so obscure. Oh, good news, bad news. Yeah, that it can't be anything but you know funny after that. You know, so yeah. Uh, I remembered. I remembered. It's good news, bad news. That's what it is. Good news, bad it's news. It's like, bad news is I just failed my drug screen for weed. Good news is I didn't fail it for meth. <laughs> you know, or That's good. I didn't, so you kind of, right. you want up it with something that didn't happen that could have been worse, and yeah. you laugh about it. You know, or like, bad news is my wife is divorced from me. Good news is I don't have to buy her a birthday present. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. I yeah, so. <laughs> that's, you know, that's kind of like a different, you know, take on, you know, a re, you know, like kind of reframing the situation a little bit, mm -hmm. but, you know, being able to look at it as the opposite and get a completely different perspective. That would, uh, that definitely 
<laughs> make me laugh. <laughs> so, um, because I can think of some highly inappropriate ones right now that I'm not going to oh, yeah. on the podcast, yeah, but they would be hilarious. <laughs> Great. Yeah. I mean, those are some good strategies. I mean, I would be able to use, you know, going back to your first one on, you know, looking at your life as a standup routine. I mean, just some of life, I mean, some things are like semi horrific, but you can also sometimes find the humor in it. If you just sit back and almost as an observer and look at it, because real life is unintentionally funny. It I mean, is. It just, it, some of the things are just so crazy. Like last night I was speaking locally and whenever I go to speak a small room, you know, there's like 40 people. I always go talk to people at the back tables because I figure, well, it helps me take the edge off because I figure people are sitting at the back tables for a reason. You know, they don't want to be there or whatever. So I'm back there talking to these two guys at this back table and I'm talking to them or I'm just getting to know them a little bit. And you know, the, the subject of my podcast came up and, you know, it's like, Oh, you got a podcast. And I was telling about it. Yeah. And the other guy said, well, yeah, it's on this website. And I was like, this is what I said to him. I said, you've been on my website. He goes, well, yeah. Um, I, I, I used to take, I was your student for three different classes, you know, in grad school. <laughs> he took three of my classes in grad school. Right. And I did not recognize him. I, it was not like it was one class, right? It was three. Yeah. It was three after three classes. I mean, we should have been going out for beers together, right? But, you know, so I didn't even remember him. I like, you know, and it was, it was, it, I, I, I laughed it off. I was like, you know, oh well, I feel like a real a hole. And so we kind of. He laughed. probably named. He probably named his firstborn after you, Chip. I don't know. It could have been. That would have been a way to yes end it, right? <laughs> but it was just one of those things that it was just funny to me afterwards. I was like, you know, only me. I'm there. Yeah, I pick out the two people in the room that uh, just to take the edge off and, you know, network a little bit and talk to people. And I pick somebody that I should have known. <laughs> nice. Insert foot into mouth. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like real life is unintentionally funny. So that's a, that's a, it's a great strategy to kind of, you know, uh, look at your life almost as a third person, you know, from the outside and see, mm -hmm. what you, can, you know, see what you can see. Um, sure. So you mentioned earlier about, uh, a gratitude journal is that I mean it's something that it's like a daily thing I mean because like I tried that once and um I ran out of things like within a day <laughs> okay so here's uh, there's a lot of different ways to do it some people gratitude journal and it's paragraphs you know in each journal entry um one of the the things I like to do and this is actually research-based um is that you want to write down three good things that have happened to you in the last 24 hours. And it's not enough to just think it in your head. It's, it's much better to write it down. And some of the research suggests that it's even as by doing this, you know, three, four times a week, that it's just as powerful as an antidepressant. Um, so that being said, I'm not saying don't get off your meds if you're on an antidepressant, but uh, at the end of the day, <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad how you put that clarification in there. That clarify the disclaimer because you want to keep your license, right? Listen, <laughs> listen to your doctor. Uh, anyway, no, it's it's just it produces uh, some good emotion, and then especially right before you go to bed, it helps you relax and that kind of thing. But a lot of times, people will say nothing good has happened to me in the last 24 hours. I'm like, okay, well, let's break it down a little bit. So. Have you gone to the bathroom today? Yeah. Did you enjoy it? What, <laughs> what do you mean? Did I, well, did you feel relief after you went to the bathroom? Well, yeah, I felt relief. Well, okay, there's one good thing. Write it down. <laughs> Sometimes you have to really get down to the, 
the little bones of it, you know, because so many times we have thousands of good things that happen to us throughout the day, but when that one bad thing happens, it suddenly defines the 24 hours as negative, right. you know, and so take that out of the picture and kind of refocus, look at all of the other things. Well, I got to sleep in five extra minutes this morning, or hey, I took a great shower this morning, or hey, I got to help some elderly lady take groceries to her car and that made me feel good and it was good for her. You know, I mean, it doesn't have to be a huge and astronomical. It can be something as small as I enjoyed the go. Yeah. <laughs> Going to the bathroom. Absolutely. Which I actually text my brother about every day. It's a guy. Thing, <laughs> so It's also a girl thing too. It's okay. Well, we I just did don't not talk know about that. it as much. <laughs> I did not know that. See, now. I have, a, I have a friend who always calls me when she's going to the bathroom. She's like, I don't know what it is. I just always think of you. That's <laughs> funny. Well, that's well, great. What I love is when I'm in the airport and I, people are on their cell phones in a stall and they're talking <laughs> to somebody because I always want to just yell, he's taking a crap. Or get out your whoopee cushion and add some sound effects. <laughs> that would be great. See, that would be something if I actually did that, I'd be grateful for because it would be hilarious to me. Because then I would, I would run down the hall and just laughing. I would laugh about it all day. Because I don't know what we did, you know, in the bathroom before cell phones. I mean, this must have been really, I don't remember it that time. This must have been really bad. But yeah. it makes you not want to use anybody's cell phone. I'm just saying. Cause oh, you know, God, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what the bacteria count is on mine, but I'm sure it's, uh, it, it I, I constantly wipe mine down with Clorox wipes. I'm okay. Wiping down. That says a lot about you. That you use it a lot in the bathroom. So that's great. Well, I also have two small kids, Chip. Oh, that's right. That's right. I bleach in Clorox everything. Yeah, they are. They are just like, the children are like Petri dishes. They are. <laughs> My mom was actually just saying last night, I was, she was there and I was scrubbing the kids in the tub and she's like, man, you really scrub them. I'm like, well, the flu is going around and one's three and one's one. I mean, yeah, it's a Petri dish all the time. They're going to get scrubbed from head to toe every evening. Your mom's like, I think the Brillo pad was a little bit much. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. What's what, uh, you know, if I yeah, couldn't go to therapy, you know, I was too busy or, you know, maybe my insurance didn't cover it, whatever. You know, I couldn't make it there. I mean, what's one thing that you would tell me is like, you know, maybe I'm going through like a lull in my life. What's one thing that you would tell me that, hey, why don't you just, you know, try doing this for a while? I mean, obviously the gratitude journal and things we talked about, but, you know, you have any other ones that are like, hey, this is something you can sure. do, you know, train your brain, help you do things a little bit different. Sure, sure. Um, really monitor, be more self-aware about what you watch and pay attention to. Uh, the and this is something I do daily, um, and I do more and more as the years go by. But I really monitor the news, how much I am watching the news, how much I'm listening to things. Because yes, the news is informative, but you don't have to watch it all day long. It is horrible. <laughs> they are always talking about tragedies in the world. Mm -hmm. um, I love to catch Ellen every once in a while. I love to record it. Sometimes I'll put that on in the evenings instead of the news because it's funny and it's a little more lighthearted. Um, I like to listen to Elvis Duran in the morning show. Um, in the morning, Elvis Duran in the morning show. Um, that helps. So pay attention to what you're doing. And mm -hmm. if you notice yourself reading 
you know, obituaries or just, you know, op-eds or always responding to people's political Facebook feeds. Um, don't. Right. <laughs> don't do that. It's not worth your time and it's not worth your emotional discourse either. So it's, you know, pay attention to what you do and, and try and inject humor. You know, I always ask people who their favorite comedian is, usually on the first session. Hey, who's your favorite comedian? And it lets me know what kind of comedy they enjoy, what appeals to them. And sometimes I'll use that later on, you know, in later sessions. But watch more. If you love Kevin Hart, watch more Kevin Hart. Mm -hmm. uh, do that before bed. If you start to feel really stressed out, take a humor break. Go, I mean, a lot of women love Pinterest. So get on Pinterest, go to the humor section, take five minutes. Do it on your phone in the bathroom for all I care. I don't know. <laughs> Just... Try to inject those little moments of positivity with humor throughout the day, and especially when you're stressed. That's awesome. Now, what would be cool is if you developed a tool that you could tell exactly, you know, what uh, somebody needed from the comedian that they liked. Like, you know, oh, this person likes Kevin Hart. This is their, this is their personality profile. That would be awesome. Oh, yeah. Because then, like, I would tell you, like, well, I really like Will Ferrell movies, and you would automatically mm -hmm. seem like, well, Chip is a functional idiot. <laughs> <laughs> or semi-functional whatever yeah. but that's my go-to I mean I could watch old school a hundred times it's just like it uh -huh. doesn't make any difference because it's like one of those things that, uh, that I like and you know it's a good thing to think about as far as what you're kind of putting in, you know feeding your brain with during the course of the day that if you're already mm -hmm. in a slump and you're watching you know more stuff you're just going to focus more in on the negative or you're right. getting into that Facebook feed and you're perpetuating more negative feelings or you know anger because you know somebody isn't agreeing mm -hmm. with you yeah I don't yeah I, I agree with that completely As a matter of fact if things get heated on my Facebook feed I just you know I, I just uh, unfriend those people or don't follow them like my right. one, uh, I have a, I have four brothers. One of my brothers, we are completely opposite, and so I've unfriended him like five times. Matter of fact, it was funny because it was a couple months ago. <laughs> we were talking on the phone. He's like, "Yeah, I tried to tag you something on Facebook. Did you uh -oh. did you unfriend me again?" <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the cat. <laughs> no, it must have been some kind of mistake. I don't know what happened there. Conspiracy. <laughs> well, it has been a lot of fun talking today. I know the listeners will get, you know, some, some good tools they can use to kind of perpetuate a little more positivity in life, uh, in their lives, train their brains a little bit more. Um, I always like to end with something a little bit funny. So I know I asked you at the beginning before we started recording what your favorite joke was. Uh, and oh, gosh. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to tell that one. Cause it's so awesome. <laughs> the one that your mom used to tell you, Cause it's a classic. <laughs> It's so terrible, too, and I don't know why I crack up. Uh, all right, here it is again. Uh, why did the cow not produce milk? I don't know, Megan. Why did the cow not produce milk? Because it was a milk dud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is awesome. <laughs> so classic, so hilarious. So cheesy. Well, no, see, but, yeah, I love, you know, I love all the cheesy ones, so that, that it's a good one with me. Now, if after today people want to find you, where do they go? Ooh, um, a couple of different places. So my website is trainthisbrain.org. Go there. Uh, you can also find me on Psychology Today if you are local, Northwest Arkansas, and need some therapy services. You can definitely go there. But uh, trainthisbrain.org works, or Meg Werner at trainthisbrain.org. It's my email. Okay. Can they connect with you on LinkedIn? Yes, they can. Okay, beautiful. 
because I know that we're connected. I just want to make sure that, you know, somebody were like, oh man, I want to get in, I want to, I want to connect with Megan on LinkedIn, see everything that she's doing. It's stalkers. Yeah. Really. yeah. You know, that you, you, you <laughs> That's that. not cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, no stalking. <laughs> thank you for spending time with me today. I certainly appreciate it. Hey, thank you so much, Chip. I enjoyed it. This is LaughBox, the podcast for laughter and humor professionals. LaughBox is made possible by a grant from the National Speakers Foundation and is brought to you by AATH, the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. Find out more at AATH.org. Be sure to review LaughBox on iTunes. For show notes and more information about today's conversation, visit LaughBox.AATH.org.